Hey there! Welcome to Sky Gems Academy podcast. At Sky Gems Academy, our vision is to build a community of new generation leaders with strong core values, high level of self awareness, high self worth, and passionate individuals who will give back to the community and the environment. We are focused on delivering high quality blended online learning of 21st century life skills delivered and taught online, practiced and perfected offline. Our philosophy is to inspire, educate, and nurture. We work towards inspiring and igniting sparks. We listen, we coach, we fine tune, and accelerate the mastery of 21st century life skills for various age groups. Our blended learning programs are curated from the early years to above 60 years old, as we believe in providing high quality, lifelong learning for everyone. SkyGems Academy Podcast Series 1. How COVID-19 Transformed the Education Industry We will take you inside the minds and behind the scenes of 40 exclusive leaders and educators in the education industry. We've interviewed 40 exclusive educators and leaders in the education industry worldwide, starting with China where the pandemic initially started. You will hear from the leaders in the education industry sharing candidly their views on the possible changes that will take place in the education industry post-COVID-19. Be sure to tune in to SkyGems Academy Podcast Series 1 to listen and learn from the amazing stories, experiences shared, challenges faced, and techniques used by educators in different cities and countries to adapt and overcome their challenges personally as well as professionally in their respective roles in the education industry during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, let's dive in to SkyGems Academy Podcast Series 1. Introducing to you our host, Alyssa. Hey guys, it's Alyssa. Hope everyone is keeping well. SkyGems Academy Podcast is a passion project that my team and I kicked off in early 2020. As we are all facing the unprecedented events and experiences impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, we find that there is an urgent need to unite the global community of educators and leaders to progress forward together. Our main objective is to create a platform for all global leaders and global communities to come together to document these historic moments for our future generations. SkyGems Academy podcast is a platform for everyone from all around the world to share, listen, learn, communicate, collaborate, and come together to network and help one another to pull through this very challenging period that has impacted the global community. In each episode of SkyGems Academy podcast series one, how COVID-19 transformed the education industry, you will find yourself immersed and engaged in in-depth discussions and thought leadership in various aspects of education, technology, humanity, diversity, disparity, and collaborations in the education space. We are very grateful and sincerely appreciate each and every one of you who has motivated us, encouraged us, contributed in your own very special ways 
especially our 40 exclusive guest speakers from all around the world. A big thank you to all and a big shout out to all of you. Sky Gems Academy podcast 36 speaker is Ian Sellers. Ian is a campus principal at Tanby International School, Satya Eco Park, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Ian has been in education 21 years, 17 years of them as a senior leader. He has vast experience of school improvement strategies. He has worked in schools with a variety of contexts and intakes. He had written modules and led facilitation at both NPQH and NPQSL level. He is also experienced in keynote speaking in a variety of levels from University of Sussex and Brighton to large professional conferences including BETT. In 2014, he started his international journey with a headship at Tenby International School, Kuala Lumpur. In 2016, he was promoted to campus principal at Tenby Schools, Penang. And in 2019, he moved to the flagship campus in Kuala Lumpur as campus principal at Sertio Eco Park, which has approximately 2,000 students and 260 staff. He oversees four schools, including international and private Malaysian national school, both at primary and secondary level. He is an executive member of the Association of International Malaysian Schools and a registered assessor of CIS schools and WASC. He had articles published in TES and international magazines. He had also started his own blog and do check it out at iansalis at wordpress.com. He loves learning and wants to continue to improve as a leader. I think the young people are going to get a better learning deal. We are going to get better leaders in the future. We are going to get better 21st century learners. We will be able to close the gap between schools and businesses, said Ian. Now I'm pleased to introduce to you and present to you Ian Salas. Today, the very morning of 7 of July 2020, we have the pleasure and honor of having Mr. Ian Salas all the way from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, joining us on Skyjans podcast episode for today. Hi, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to Skyjans podcast. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing today, Ian? All good. Thank you very much. It's sunny in Kuala Lumpur today, so we're all happy. Fantastic. Likewise in Singapore. Ian, why don't you go ahead and uh, say hello to the uh, listeners and uh, introduce yourself to them. Good day to everyone uh, listening on the podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Salis. I'm the campus principal at Tenby School, Setuiko Park, just on the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur. And a little bit of history about me. I've been in education now for 22 years. I was uh, originally from Brighton in the UK and went to University of Greenwich and studied to be a teacher, both in science and in physical education. And I managed to do 15 years in the UK at four different schools in lots of different positions from heads of department to heads of year and pastoral leads and advanced skills teacher and deputy heads and assistant heads in a whole range of different schools and decided to take a a little bit of a risk and bring my family out to Malaysia. We'd never been to Malaysia before and we'd never been and worked in international education before. Uh, And this is now our sixth year and been working for Tenby Group. I was campus principal at Tenby Schools Penang and I've now been campus principal here at Setuiko Park, which is our flagship school in the region uh, since September. 
we're a big national company. We've got schools all over Malaysia, and we're also part of International Schools Partnership, which is a, a global organization with 46 schools around the world, and we're proud to be part of that group as well. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, we've got some interesting differences about our school because we actually have two separate schools on the mm-hmm. same campus. We have an international school, and we also have a private Malaysian school. So that causes us some challenges, particularly during the COVID-19 period, because we've got two different calendar years running at the same time. So uh, hopefully we can pass on some of the challenges that we faced over the last few months and some of the solutions that we've decided to find. And obviously I'll be listening to some of the other podcasts to, to listen and ensure that I'm learning from other people as well. So that's a little bit about me, Alicia. Thank you so much, Ian. That's such a great introduction of yourself and very rich experience. And also, as you mentioned, clearly the uh, two calendar years that you have in your school, in your campus, that certainly will be very interesting to listeners and also to the educators across the globe as they uh, go through this episode of SkyJones podcast together with us. So, Ian, thank you once again. Ian, as you mentioned, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic that you have gone through and going through still, all of us, how do you feel about the current situation of COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I think the word feeling is an interesting word. I think uh, we've all sort of asked questions about how do you feel and what are your emotions during this time? I think from a global point of view, I think it's quite sad. I think, you know, if viruses are, are going to be the future and, and these things uh, may be happen again in the future in, in a slightly different way, I think we're going to have to be a bit more prepared than maybe we were on this time. I know there'll be listeners out there that have gone through the SARS and maybe some other smaller pandemics uh, might have a little bit of experience about dealing with it than what I've had. But I think it's been sad in a way. But also, I think it's been uh, a huge learning process for the globe and particularly the education industry. And I'm certainly a better person than I probably was before COVID-19. And I think I've learned quite a lot as a leader. And I think there's, you know, I think we discuss that later on. You know, I think the health and safety of the globe and I think is paramount in all of these things. And I think one of the things we've all probably learned over the period is that we're all human beings and, you know, it doesn't impact on certain people and certain communities and it's impacted on all of us. So we've all had to sort of change our mindset and how we deal with things emotionally in this period. I've found lockdown personally at times very hard. I'm an ex-PE teacher. I want to be out and about. I enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy playing my golf and Mm. getting out and playing my tennis and whole range of things I think for me personally actually at times I've found it tricky because I'm an outdoors person uh, and I know that's affected some of our families and our teachers and also some of our students so you know people's well-being over this time has been paramount to make sure that we move forward and and we keep everyone on a level you know because there's been such dramatic changes over the last three months. It is, isn't it? There's so many um, changes and uh, still ongoing changes that we need to be uh, prepared to face uh, in the future. I agree with you. The feeling is um, it's a sad feeling that uh, we are all going through. And also, all those things that you talk about is so real, it's so down-to-earth, and it's so human, as you say. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, Ian, uh, with the current COVID-19 pandemic, there are a lot of challenges that uh, we faced and also facing and maybe face further in the future. What are some of the challenges that you faced during this period that you could share with us? Yeah, I think educationally, I think we've all faced similar challenges around the globe. I think one of the good things about being in Malaysia is we've been around about in the middle. So we, we weren't the first 
to sort of go into uh, lockdown and we haven't yeah. been the last. So what's been beneficial to us and particularly being part of International Schools Partnership is that we've had other schools around the globe that have gone into lockdown earlier than what we have. And we've been able to learn from those experiences. That's one of the benefits about being part of a, a group of schools, both regionally and globally. You know, we've got our schools around the country. You know, we meet every other day as a group of principals and regional team representatives and our CEO and regional directors. Uh, so we've been able to share the challenges across our schools globally, but also bring some of the learning into our schools here. You know, closing, we're currently 2,000 students. We've got sort of over 250 staff on campus. So our size is, mm. is a challenge to us. You know, we, we've got 4,000 parents. So our size does create some challenges that maybe in a smaller school you don't have. And then some, you know, I've worked in smaller schools, we have different challenges. Yeah. But obviously closing and reopening a school, particularly with the size that we have is, is a challenge and also a big challenge for us is having the private and international campuses on the same school site. So that, that's a big challenge for us. I think managing parent expectations, student expectations and staff expectations and keeping an e equilibrium across those stakeholders is always a challenge in schools. And I think that's been magnified over the MCO period and the COVID-19 because I believe that everyone's come in with very different opinions about how schools should be run and what learning looks like and uh, what student and teacher learning looks like over this period of time. So everyone's got their own opinion. So managing expectations, mm -hmm. I think, of all the stakeholders mm -hmm. has been difficult. You know, some parents want live, some parents don't want live. Some yeah. students want live learning, some students don't want live learning. Some parents want a mix of both. Some parents want us to come offline completely. Some parents want us online 24 hours a day. Wow. So, you know, the logistics of closing, reopening, keeping stakeholders happy it's been a huge challenge and I think we've done that through questionnaires we questionnaire our stakeholders every four weeks which some of you might feel is a, probably a bit too regular and I think some of our parents probably do that as well but because we're having to adapt and change so quickly we believe that interviewing and getting feedback every four weeks is is the pace that we've been working at and we've been changing our policies and procedures and SOPs around that feedback. So I think feedback's been, you know, a challenge for us and how we adapt to that at the speed that we've had to has been a huge challenge. Well, what you just shared is really um, a wide range of challenges there and um, having so many stakeholders to really take care of in terms of their feelings, their expectations, their requirements. That is really um, a big uh, challenge and also logistics, as you mentioned, with a, just the sheer size, right? The volume that you have, number of students, 2,000, that is a lot to handle and two different curriculum, two different calendar system. How do you then, Ian, overcome those challenges that you faced? How do you change it to adapt? How do you overcome them? Could you share with us? Yeah, I think it was a conversation that me and you had, Elisa, just off, off air. You know, we were talking about what Sky Gems is about and, and what skills mm -hmm. we're trying to build around the globe, yeah. uh, you know, leadership skills and human skills. And I think, yes. you know, how do you overcome? Well, you overcome them through human skills. You know, mm. you, having COVID-19 team meetings with, you know, we have 21 people in our COVID-19 closing and reopening team keeping all of those people from all of our different functions, HR, marketing, PR, admissions, finance, facilities, you know, all of the school functions that we all operate, keeping everyone towards a common goal, that's been a huge challenge. But I think being solution focused, telling people they've got to be resilient, you know, working in teams, 
asking people to be creative and come up with ideas and particularly, you know, maybe come into Malaysia where some of my, my local members of staff, they might be a little bit concerned that they mm. come up with an idea and that might not like, get put down or might be washed, you know, yeah. and having trust within the COVID-19 group that we can come up with lots of different wacky ideas and no one's going to laugh and put people down and say, that's a ridiculous idea. Why would we think about that? So I think being open to ideas and allowing people to be creative uh, it's been absolutely huge over this period because we've never done this before. So, you know, we're all coming up with weird ideas. I've been waking up at six in the morning with an idea uh, yeah. that I bring to the group and people say that won't work and this won't work for a range of different reasons. So I think the, you know, having trust within that COVID-19 group to all say, look, we're in this together, you know, and I know a lot of people have said that over the, the pandemic, you know, we are in this together and we've yeah. made it sort of, I think on purpose, and I've sort of been leading a lot of these meetings is we've made it backwards approach. So what do we want to achieve? Well, what we want to achieve is amazing learning on a daily basis. That's what we want to achieve. So how do we achieve amazing learning when we're moving the school out of the school buildings into the home? How do we achieve that? You know, what does it look like for us? Mm-hmm. Now, we've used Google Classroom mm-hmm. in our national school and we've used Microsoft Teams system in our international school. So we've actually used the dual system model. So what does amazing learning look like for our parents? What does amazing learning look like for our young people? What does it look like for our staff? And I think what we've done is we've worked backwards from that and we've tried to find more solutions when we have problems. And I think in over the last three months, there's a whole host, a myriad of problems, but it's coming up with quick solutions and sticking by them and making those solutions work. So I think it's been our mentality that's overcome. And I, I believe, I know a lot of principals and school leaders will say, oh, they think they've done a really good job. I personally believe that at Tembe, Setuiko Park, I think we've done an amazing job. I think our community have done an amazing job over this period. And we've got really good feedback off our parents mm-hmm. and, and our staff and our students. We haven't kept everyone happy all the time. And there's been some ups and downs. But I think when people look back at the period and how we've responded as a leadership team, I think, I think we've responded with the right behavior patterns. And I think that's, that's going to take us forward and benefit us in the future. Wow, that's remarkable, Ian. Thank you for sharing that level of details as the challenges that you face, how you adapt to the changes with all these really human skills, people skills that you talk about, communications, leadership, resilience, openness, yeah, growth mindset, having openness to new ideas. As you say, we're all facing this for the first time and we have to come up with creative ideas and uh, some ideas just pop out in the middle of the night isn't it i have that all the time too so yeah i know oh, what you mean. yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> I've, I've had less been coming out of ideas at three o'clock in the morning yeah, i uh, get you and i think globally we're all finding the same thing i think yeah. you know that not going into work as well it sort of clouded the area between home and work and i think yeah. our times our own well-being is important because you know we're all online and coming up with ideas about how we can change Mm. and adapt you know in the same workspace now we're not going into work anymore are we so that that's a challenge for people yeah it is it is yeah so those are definitely challenges and thank you for sharing again ian really nice uh, to hear all that level of detail and also very transparent about how you feel and how your team has gone through such challenges, but remarkably overcome those uh, challenges in a very nice and also very human way. Thank you for that. Ian, would you be able to share with us throughout the challenges and also how you overcome uh, those challenges? And I'm sure there's still challenges that is faced. What are some of the lessons that you have learned that you could share with us? You know, I think the key lesson for me is that we humans can change their behavior very quickly. Uh, And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think in businesses and 
schools and sectors and you know when we're trying to get change management through or change leadership or whatever book you decide to read and how it's quoted you know you hear about certain companies and educational establishments that might have changed take three or four or five years to get human behavior changed but actually when you look at what's happened yeah we've changed human behavior in no time at all teacher behavior parent behavior student behavior business stakeholder behavior all, all of the different people that we deal with in school their behavior we've all had to change what i've probably learned is i mean a, a good example is our ict strategic plan so mm-hmm. when i arrived in september and i still never really got around to finish it because it was february we you know we was going to put a three-year ict strategic plan together which was you know moving to a blended learning model yeah. bringing your own devices those types of things well we did that in about seven days wow So it was sort of two years to three years worth of strategic plan, you know, consultation, slower rollout, taking people on board. Well, what we've achieved, you know, we were planning for closure seven days before we closed and we were live online learning within 24 hours of closing. So what we achieved behavior wise from the community was it was just astonishing, absolutely astonishing. People did it. They got up. They knew they had to do some learning. They knew there was going to be some risks, particularly some of our staff. You know, there were some staff there that were not using Teams or Google Classroom or, you know, a whole range of other IT type based learning applications that we're using. And everyone's had to learn very quickly and get themselves up to speed. And the other thing I've learned is that particularly in this part of the world and some of the some of the things I also say to some of our students is some of our students are so afraid to fail and they get worried about not taking risks and being creative. Well, we've all had to take risks and fail through this whole process. And, you know, some of our teachers have got things wrong online and some of our students have got things wrong in front of all of their peers online. And some of our parents have not got things right because they've misinterpreted what's gone on. You know, there's been a whole range of failings and, and issues that we've all been very transparent with. And I think mm-hmm. that's just the beauty of what's, you know, I'm so excited when I get all my staff back, hopefully, when we can all meet again to say, you know, what we've achieved has been great. And I think we would have had resistance. I think we would have had humans that resisted more to change. But everyone's sort of really braced it and taken it forward. And I think we're better as a result. And I think, you know, us changing in the future, whatever we want to change, whether it's an emissions policy or how we run our finances, I think people are going to be more on board to be able to say, actually, yeah, we can do this. If if we think this is going to be to the benefit of the students, then let's do it. Let's not wait around. Let's get on and do it. And I think for me, that's what I've learned the most. And I think for years and years to come, we'll be able to say, well, we did it in COVID-19 and therefore we can do it again. Yeah. And that's what, that's a quite exciting thing to say. It is, isn't it? It is very exciting. And as I hear you speak, I am so blessed to be able to hear this from you directly. And and I'm sure the listeners the same, because it is remarkable what you have done, uh, Ian, in seven days. Yeah. And in 24 hours, Seven days of planning, it's 24 hours live. That is your online remote learning environment for your school. And I think um, what you say is so true. Embrace change and not be afraid of failure because with failure, we are all able to learn from our mistakes and do better and improve. Yeah, and I think that mindset is so important as we progress. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, th- I think from yeah. the school, I mean, there'll be other educators out there that have done the same mm-hmm. and, 
you know, we were worried about going so fast and mm. we were worried about, you know, starting on the first day and things not being right. But yeah. I think we were clear with our community to say, look, guys, we won't get this right on week one and we won't get this right on week two. And, yeah. you know, currently now we've got about 400 students in on because we've reopened and we've said the same to the parents, you know, let's keep talking. Let's make sure that we pick up the gaps. And if we don't get it right in week one, that's fine for everyone. And I think that's been a, a really positive message to be able to send to everyone to say, you know, schools aren't perfect places. Businesses aren't perfect places. Yep. And actually, as long as we listen to the stakeholders and we make changes and adapt uh, at the right pace, then, yeah. then we can make things better. And I think that's been an amazing learning curve for both us, but also I think for the education industry as a whole, right? Yeah, definitely. I love it. I love it, Ian. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is so powerful. Thank you. Okay. Ian, um, in the education industry, as we have been discussing earlier, there's so many um, changes, transformation that we have gone through. In your view, what are the changes that will take place in education post-COVID-19? Yeah, well, look, I'm not going to push my blog, but I will push my blog. My blog, <laughs> I've, I started writing a blog about, uh, mm. I don't know, 18 months ago, I think I got six or seven articles on it. But my sure. latest article is, is this question, which is... Uh, you know, what do we think the changes are going to be in COVID-19? I think from my point of view, from a campus principal point of view, where I'm, you know, I'm running four schools, we've got heads of section, you know, we've got head of school, we've got big leadership teams around the schools. So I've got this helicopter view, which I'm, I'm very lucky to have. I'm not as in to the schools as, as what my head of international, my head of international primary school, my heads of schools are. So I can sort of come in a helicopter level and that gives me a slightly different perception than maybe some people on the ground i think there's i think there's four key things that i've sort of identified which are sort of teacher facilitators and i know this has been talked about for years tens of tens of years but yes. actually over this period you know knowledge-based learning realistically has now got passed over to the individual students and we've always been trying to do this but you know teachers standing at the front of the class given that knowledge well we don't we haven't had to do that students have got to go away and find their own knowledge base now because teachers don't want to be online doing an hour's delivery that and, mm. and we don't encourage that at Tembi anyway mm. uh, because we're a learning focused school but i think that for teacher facilitators and student facilitators and also students finding their own knowledge out now so therefore we can concentrate on skill-based learning. I think that's going to be a huge difference for us. And we're trying to find ways where we can find all the benefits of the online and bring that into school. Yeah. You know, I know flip learning has been around for years, but you know, this really has been flip learning. You know, yes. People have got to go and find their own knowledge and then they've got to bring that knowledge back to the laptop and try and sort of apply that understanding in different contexts. And that's had to happen over the last four to five months. So I think that's that's going to be fantastic for the education industry. I, I think that's going to I think that's probably pushed us forward more than all of the books and reading and government policies that have been happening for the last twenty years. I, I just think that's going to push us forward. So I think that's one thing. I think it's probably the first time ever where parents have had a complete see-through system. So our learning. You know, if you've been at home, and most of yes. our parents have been at home during lockdown, the yes. parents have been able to see the learning every single day. So the learning's been more see-through than ever. And parents have actually, for the first time, gone into lessons on a daily basis. And, you know, some parents would have done that more than others. I understand that. But parents have been able to listen to learning going on every day from their office rooms. or Some parents have been working in the same rooms as where their students have been learning. So this whole three-way 
online collaboration between the parent, the staff and the student member is the closest it's ever been. And actually, in some ways, that's going to cause us a problem going forward because parent expectation is going to change because they've never seen so much learning going on before from Mm. the school. So I think that's something that we need to think about uh, as we go forward. I think one of the other key things is is just the online sharing. Uh, Being part of a global and regional group, we naturally share. There will be people listening on the podcast that are on independent schools. There'll be uh, independent owners and they might not have the groups that luckily I have but our sharing has been phenomenal and I know we've been sharing online for a number of mm. years but the yeah. amount of sharing between students and staff especially has been incredible and also people taking ownership of wanting to learn has been mm. a lot better so you know that's once again that mindset has been uh, I think it's going to help us move us forward I just think that's going to really make some differences to us as we go forward but also the education industry i think if people go back to the norm now mm. i think that's just a wasted opportunity i, I just if people go back and teachers go back and we we get the old curriculums back out now and we go back to february 2020 and we don't look forward with everything we've learned i just think that's a missed opportunity and then the last thing really is probably change of of the international business model mm. you know we, we've lost 50 percent of our overseas pipeline because visa, visa restrictions and particularly people coming in from Korea and Japan and mainland China and, you know, Indonesia and Australia, where we get a lot of our families, you know, those people haven't been allowed to come in. So, you know, we've had to change how we run our business model and be creative with our admissions policies and run virtual open days and run blended learning models. And we've got students online that are getting experience of who 10 are from all the way, from all different parts of the world. You know, that's been a big game changer and how businesses and companies adapt over the next 12 to 18 months is going to be huge, huge. And I think we, we're, we're trying to put one foot forward on that and make mm. sure that we're ahead of the game. Well, Ian, I, I really like the way you wrap up the whole um, viewpoint of yours for the future. I would like to actually ask you, would you be able to share your blog post to the listeners so that we know where to find you? You can, you yes. can. If, if we can get the blog views above 100, then I'll be happy, Alicia. So yeah, I'm Absolutely. more than willing to share. I'm Absolutely. more than willing to share. They're only, they're only short blogs. I'm not a writer by trade. I'm taking a few risks and trying to get a few of my thoughts down. Uh, so if people want to read them, they can. But yeah, of course, I'd love to share that. No Excellent. Worries. Where can we find you on your blog post? It's on the WordPress, just iansalis at wordpress.com. And you can pick up some stuff on there. And you also can pick up some of the things we're doing on our media pages at school level. So if you want a quick plug for Tembi School, Setuiko Park and Ian Salis, then uh, yeah, you can find us there. All right. Wow, nice one. There you go, listeners. Check out Ian at Ian Salis <laughs> at wordpress.com yeah. and also yeah. Ian Salis at Tembi School, right? Tembi Campus. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, t- yeah be Tembi Setu Eco Park. Yeah. Setia Eco yeah. Park. That's right. There you go. Go right, and check no out worries. Ian. Uh, we will do that right after this. <laughs> That's for sure. Thank you, Lisa. Thank no, you. No, thank you, Ian. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Uh, Ian, what would your new normal be? Or is there a new normal that you're going through now? Could you share with us? Yeah, I think the new normal is it's adapting, it's changing, mm. it's, it's trying to get 2,000 students one metre apart on a daily basis from September the 1st. It's, you know, it's meeting government SOPs, it's meeting different expectations. I, I don't think the new norm is massively changed. I think the expectation on stakeholders and how they view amazing learning and what they want for their young people, I think 
that's changed. I think the way that we're doing it hasn't changed. You know, we need to plan strategically. We need to listen to people. We need to ensure that we're financially viable and we, we're stable financially as we go forward. I think that's important for international sector schools. There'll be schools out there that are going to find this period very tough. I think there'll be schools out there that are going to have to change their business models. And I think there, there'll be some schools out there this year that, that might not survive COVID-19. Yeah. We are lucky because we're part of a big global company. I mean, I would be worrying now if we were, you know, on our own with low student numbers. I mean, luckily enough, we're not. So I think the new norms going to be have to be changes to business models for some people. I think we've had to change our business model slightly, but I think going forward, I think we've got a sustainable plan. I think the big thing is going to be maybe more of the same. And I know it's maybe a bit pessimistic of me, but I think planning for another pandemic and being ready for something similar and when you read some of the scientific blogs going on you know people are saying that this might be the future there there might be other viruses that come into the into the human system i think we're going to have to be ready for planning for change again in the next period of time i don't know how long Mm. that will be and i think that's something that all school leaders and business owners and ceos and a whole range of different people can have to think about you know take the airline industry for example you know i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they've been hit hit severely so i think the new the new norm is here to stay i think people are going to be more aware of keeping clean and and health and safety aspects and i think that's might be the new norm and maybe temperature checking or hand sanitizers is that that's going to be it for for the next 20 years and how we work towards that but who really knows who knows who Mm. knows where we're going to head with this i'd love to get back to normal and when i say back to normal it's it's back to normal with the changes and the learning that we've done over the last four months i don't want to go back to normal normal but going back to a new normal for me is quite exciting Mm. because i think the young people are going to get potentially going to get a better learning deal and if we can get them a better learning deal we're going to get better leaders in the future we're going to get better 21st century learners you know we're going to maybe close the gap between schools and businesses which is there still Mm. you know uh, industry 4.0 and all of the things that you hear banded around you know if we can close the it gap between what's happening in the workplace and what's happening in the schools then i think businesses will benefit as we go forward so i think there's lots of positives there but i don't think any of us are clear about what's going to happen right Yes, thank you for sharing that, Ian. That is really very um, comprehensive and also very transparent in terms of what you're looking at in the now having a new normal or have in the future new normal. So thank you for that. Uh, Ian, now we come to the uh, very important part of the podcast episode. We would like to hear from you, your messages for the future generations. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's a big question that, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's a big question. I think the future generation is, is that if knowledge... If we can all gain knowledge now, which we can, you know, and I know the internet is a minefield, but if this process is actually taught people that we can all go and if we're self-motivated and we want to improve and we want to learn and we're happy to get things wrong and take a few risks and maybe not always get our knowledge right or we don't interpret our knowledge, then we can actually all go and get our knowledge ourselves. We can all type into Google now and find some answers, whether they're accurate or not you know that that's up for debate you know the the internet's the internet we we understand that not all sources are accurate and fake news and all of those types of things that we hear about but i think if for the new generations if for the generation coming through and our young people you know this is unprecedented they're never hopefully touch wood we're never gonna go through this in a, in a similar circumstance but the chances are that, that we might do and therefore those young people being able to show 
all the things that we talked about in the previous question, you know, being adaptable, mm. showing resilience, taking ownership of their learning, them putting a foot forward, not waiting for the teacher to put the foot forward for them. It's going to make a huge change to people's ability to go into the workplace and function as 21st century human beings and, and show all of those skills. So, you know, this is not new for me. We've been talking about skills-based learning for hundreds of years. You know, if our young people have realized that we can change, we can adapt, we can be creative, we can try new things and it can work uh, and they take that forward with them, then I'm more than happy with that. I'm more than happy to employ young teachers <laughs> and young admin staff that can have good conversations over the table that mm. are willing to give some examples of risks that they've taken, that where they've got things wrong, where they've been creative, but they want to put their foot forward to learn more. And if, if we all come away with that, then I'll be super, super happy and, and work in teams. You know, the, I think it's been really interesting because we've all been isolated. Yes. But at the same time, we've probably worked in teams more than ever. Yeah. So we've, we've got this yin and yang, haven't we? We've got this, <laughs> this paradox where we've been in isolation in our rooms, but if we haven't worked in our teams effectively, we're going to achieve less. So I think that's an interesting concept to take the new generation forward, actually. You know, independent study, mm. but working in teams. And we all want employees that can work independently, but also can work with groups of people and do all those soft skills. So I think that would be a message that I would give anyone of a younger age over this period of time. Well, that's a very powerful message there, Ian. There's so much I actually jotted down notes. Uh, change, adapt, try new things, yeah. take risk, be creative and take it forward. Yeah, Those are things that uh, will be important. And I think what you sum up at the end is really so uh, powerful. Having skills and also be independent, but able to work in teams. I think those are the essential life skills, people skills mm. that you talk about earlier on, isn't it? That will pull yeah. you through such challenging times that we are facing now. And also perhaps in the future, whatever we may face, if we have this mindset and the skills that we have and the way we do things will actually pull us out and bring us forward to the future, in the brighter future. Well, thank you, Ian. Thank you so much for that wonderful podcast episode that you have just shared with us. Such incredible viewpoints, experiences, knowledge, vision, and powerful messages to the listeners of Sky Gems podcast. Thank you, Ian, for your time and also your sharing. We really appreciate everything that you have done for us. Thank you, Ian. Uh, thank you, Lisa. It's been great chatting to you. And uh, thank you to Sky Gems for giving the opportunity. Have a, have a great day. Have a great day, Ian. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode at Sky Gems Academy Podcast Series 1 on the topic of how COVID-19 transformed the education industry. If you enjoyed today's episode and you love the vision and mission of Sky Gems Academy, can you please help us to convince others to tune in to Sky Gems Academy Podcast 2? Please kindly subscribe to Sky Gems Academy Podcast. Please also kindly leave a quick review and rate Sky Gems Academy Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Breaker and various Sky Gems Academy's podcast channels. That would mean the world to us, so thank you so much for your support. Visit our website at www.skygemsacademy.com 
to find out more about our distinguished speakers and about Sky Gems Academy. We appreciate you and your continual support. Thank you for tuning in to Sky Gems Academy podcast. Hi-fi and peace out.